Welcome to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by League Apps. League Apps is the leading youth sports management platform, providing organizations with the technology and professional development they need to run, grow, and win. On a mission to bring the benefits of sport to kids everywhere, they go beyond technology to provide leaders with professional development and relationship building, and to work with sports-based organizations to address issues of accessibility and equality. To learn more, find them at League Apps com or as league apps on all of the social networks now here's the host of the show longtime soccer broadcaster and voice of united soccer coaches dean linky grant wall is a legend and united soccer coaches headquartered in kansas city where grant wall spent some valuable time his passing hits even deeper as it feels like everybody in the soccer community loved and appreciated the work of Grant Wall. United Soccer Coaches issued a short tweet that said, United Soccer Coaches is devastated by the news of Grant Wall's passing. Our hearts go out to the Wall family and his extended soccer family. U.S. Soccer would also echo that saying, here in the United States, Grant's passion for soccer and commitment to elevating its profile across our sporting landscape played a major role in helping to drive interest and respect for our beautiful game. We dedicate the first half of this show to the life and legacy of Grant Wall, and we do that with the owner of the KC Current, Chris Long, and the respected soccer coach and soccer broadcaster who actually watched all of the USA's first round games side by side with Grant Wall talking about Glenn Crooks. The back half of the show, we visit with Lindsay Shartner, who was with the United Soccer Coaches group that attended the World Cup. She got some major TV time and she's here to share her story. And she also has nice words about Grant Wall. And we continue meeting the new members of our 30 under 30 class, Bruno Ramos, to wrap up this show, again, dedicated to the life and legacy of Grant Wall. We bet you didn't get into this business for the back office duties. That's why we created League Apps, the industry's leading youth sports management platform. So you can spend less time with busy work and more time doing what you love. League Apps provides organizations with the technology and professional development they need to run, grow, and win. Go to leagueapps.com to learn more. League Apps is proud to be the presenting sponsor of the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by League Apps. Once again, here's the host of the show, Dean Linky. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by League Apps, where, as I mentioned in the open with a statement from United Soccer Coaches on the tragic passing of Grant Wall, we are dedicating the first half of this show to the life of Grant Wall. That includes a visit with the owner of the Kansas City Current, Chris Long. Before I welcome Chris in, I do wanna read the statement released by the Kansas City Current after Grant's passing, and it says the following. Words cannot describe the pain we feel tonight. We are absolutely gutted by Grant Wall's passing. We mourn with his family, the Kansas City community, and the entire global soccer community. His impact and legacy will live on in Kansas City and with our club. He was a very special friend to us, and our thoughts and prayers are with his family. Chris Long would go on to Twitter and add, Angie and I are devastated. We have together known Grant Wall for 30-plus years. 
The KC Current wouldn't exist without having had Grant's advice. He was our first call. He is a legend. His words were always insightful, honest, powerful, but his actions made all of our lives better. Those are the words of Chris Long. Kind enough to join us now on the United Soccer Coaches podcast. Chris, welcome during what is a tough time, but a time for us to salute the life of Grant Wall. Thanks for being on. Dean, it's an honor. Thank you for having me today. Yeah, before we came on the air, you told me that your ties to Grant Wall go way back. You have the floor, sir. Tell us how you first met him and how the relationship with you and your wife was mixed in there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I met Grant uh, in college. I played varsity basketball at Princeton University. Grant was the sports editor for the Daily Princetonian, which um, is sort of our school newspaper. And as as all have come to know Grant today, you know, back then he was equally as passionate and involved in telling the players stories. And so we developed a really strong, you know, unguarded friendship uh, that started in college. As for Angie, uh, my wife and obviously a uh, partner in, in Kansas City Current and, and all we do, um, she actually knows Grant from high school. They went to high school together. So really all worlds have kind of come back together here as we're all in, in the soccer universe, but the relationship and how it was built, you know, goes over decades. Can you put into words, Chris Long, the best way to describe Grant Wall as a person? Grant was unselfish to the core. Grant was inclusive in every respect. Um, you know, he cared about everyone. He, he touched and, and honestly wanted his actions to speak louder than, you know, even the power of his words. Um, he really is, you know, a lot of people talk about athletes as, you know, once in a generation athletes, like, you know, um, like something like a Michael Jordan, right? I mean, I really feel like, you know, Grant was, you know, once in a generation type um, journalist. If Grant was looking down right now, and I'm sure he is, what do you think his reaction is to this outpouring of love and support and, and adulation? Well, first, I think uh, he's looking down. He is pumped as all get out about Argentina. Um, that's kind of like, it, it, it was just like his adopted nation. Uh, but putting that aside, I hope he understood while on this great earth, how impactful he had been to folks and not, you know, um, kind of finding out about it as he looks, looks, looks down. Um, but if, if he finally was learning the impact of his actions and words and life on people now, he's got to be so touched and feel really proud of being able to, um, you know, impact men's and women's soccer in a massive way, impact college classmates, friends, people in Manhattan where he lives, obviously New York city, um, he must, I mean, I can't imagine the, the, the pride he must be feeling. Let's go back to the fact that your relationship started when you were a varsity basketball player. And I think there's often this mystique and, you know, I've worked with the media. I am part of the media on both sides where the athletes are over here, the media is over here and, you know, you don't crisscross, but clearly Grant must've had that personality, Chris, that you were drawn to him. Amazing. You know, um, when you're in college, especially you, you're pretty unguarded, right? You know, you're not polished. Um, your views aren't really filtered uh, all that much. Um, so to have someone, you know, in a journalistic position and have that person be trustworthy um, was yeah, absolutely, I think, one of a kind to Grant. I think, you know, that he really, he really served an unbelievable 
you know, kind of advisor, counselor type purpose beyond just the the storytelling and making sure to uh, tell the truth, which he undoubtedly does. Um, I mean, look, we, you know, you get fast forward, you know, 20 some years and, you know, Angie and I relied on, on Grant kind of in the same way with the Kansas City Current, um, as I could remember talking to him about, you know, our coach at Princeton University or troubles we were having on the court or whatever the case may be. So, um, yeah, he he really was able to, I think, build lasting relationships because of his approach. Upon reflection, what did Angie reminisce about as she thought about not, you know, just the last few years, but during her high school days, what kind of person Grant was? Fun, um, interest, like intellectually curious, you know, talk like he's was into a lot of different things that, you know, I think now some are referring to, you know, as Grant was kind of a renaissance man, right? The way he traveled the world. And, but even if you bring it back to, you know, the upbringing in, in Kansas, um, he still had that same flair, that same desire to, to, to want to be knowledgeable in a whole host of areas. So that's what she remembers, the fun and the fact that he was, you know, so interested in so many things. We're here with Chris Long, the owner of the Kansas City Current and also friends with Grant Wall, as well as his wife, Angie. When you think about where soccer is today and the fact that he, you know, he, of course, wrote that great LeBron James article that, you know, really kind of put him on the map, but then just really got embedded in soccer. I feel like he played a key role in pushing the sport forward in the mid 90s. Absolutely. I and mean, he took the route less traveled. I mean, you know, you think about he started covering soccer, you know, in the U.S. over two decades ago. And, you know, I can't believe I say this now, but back then it was an afterthought relative to basketball, American football, baseball, um, you know, soccer now, obviously mainstream, one of the fastest growing sports. I, I think in many ways it's taken America by storm and, and captivates many, you know, especially our youth. Grant's responsible for so much of that growth in that he told the stories early and often. He explained the sport. And you think about the one-two combination of telling the stories and explaining the sport. Um, you've got to have a lot of patience and ability to kind of weather, you know, a lot of people who uh, honestly were, were dismissive of, of soccer in the U.S., so I, yeah, I look back and I think, my goodness, you know, he put a lot of legwork into getting this sport, men's and women's, to where it is today. You know, it's interesting. You and your wife are definitely a power couple. Grant and his wife, an incredible power couple as well. Dr. Celine Gounder, I've interviewed her several times during COVID where she stepped up big. What are your words that uh, you'd like to express to Dr. Celine Gounder? Oh, just... Oh, the deepest condolences, you know, we've been thinking about her so much. And you think about, you know, when someone says you're in our thoughts and prayers, um, I'd love to somehow bold that underscore it, you know, put it in 72 font. Um, she is spectacular in her own right. And, you know, one of the aspects I've read a lot of tributes to, you know, about, about, about Grant. And one thing I think hasn't come up as much just because they obviously been focused on, on, on his incredible life is is her she uh is is you know uh was saving the world during covid literally um she was so proud of him he was so proud of her you know he called her the doc um was always sort of um you know uh, you know really promoting her skill set because it was so special so i just hope um she can 
you know, recover from this and, you know, digest what is, you know, just obviously an awful, um, you know, set of, set of circumstances to deal with at such a young age. Great to be with Chris Long. A couple more questions, and we'll thank him for kicking off this tribute to Grant Wall. This is going to sound somewhat sycophantic, but it's not, because I meant what I said about what you've done with the Kansas City Current, seeing how you have set this up and how you push forward and how you already made it to the NWSL Championship game, how you make it about the players. I feel like Grant will also be smiling down on that, and perhaps even as you did it, just sort of that influence of seeing somebody be so good at his craft perhaps influenced you as well, Chris? Oh, hundred percent. You know, one of the, uh, the, the things that we strive to do is always surround ourselves by um, a, a, a quality people, a plus quality people. They bring the best out in you. They, um, you know, hopefully um, inspire you for, you know, in a variety of ways. Um, Grant, Grant, does that i mean he's very inspirational every time we talk to him about the kansas city current you know even before it existed um it was very inspirational to hear his perspectives from for example you meant you mentioned you know some of the things we were doing um with with the current one of the things we talked to grant about is what if we built our own stadium and had it be the first purpose built for a women's professional team in the world and his reaction was, oh, wow, that is revolutionary. I've been all over. That doesn't exist. That's something that'll be, um, you know, a legacy. And so hearing his sort of gut check, his reality check on many items, you know, more than just the stadium, but that's just a good example, was very inspirational and really trying to, you know, live up to live up to everything that, you know, we've um, we've told people we want to do. Wow, I feel like that truly tells the story of your connection to Grant and what he's meant to you and to the game moving forward because you are very much revolutionary and you're right, so is he. Last word time, if folks didn't hear anything Chris Long had to say about Grant Wall until right now, right at this moment, Chris, what would you want to make sure they heard? We all lost a legend. Um, We lost somebody who, you know, covered sports with a conscious... um, we you know lost someone who used his platform to be an advocate for others um you know we really lost someone who contributed to um the growth of soccer in the u.s for both men's and women's Uh, i think the part i'd like to to leave listeners with is you know obviously we'll, we'll all miss him it's a huge loss um but i think there's a lot of us out there the kansas city current included that we will do something uh, meaningful and significant to honor him. Register now for the 2023 United Soccer Coaches Convention in Philadelphia. From January 11th through the 15th, connect with your soccer coaching community and experience all United Soccer Coaches has to offer in one place. Enhance your coaching resume by attending over 200 education sessions taught by world-class instructors. In addition to meal functions, award ceremonies, and a huge exhibit hall offering the latest in coaching tech, equipment, and more. Register before the December 15th price increase at unitedsoccercoachesconvention.org.
Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Lee Gaps. As I mentioned earlier, this show dedicated to the incredible life of Grant Wall, a man that has known Grant Wall a long time as a soccer coach and a soccer broadcaster, a friend of the United Soccer Coaches. He was also over at the World Cup talking about the great Glenn Crooks joins me now. Glenn, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you, Dean. Good to be with you. Yeah, you sent some, I got to admit, like, emotional tweets right because you spent a lot of time with Grant Wall at the World Cup before he passed can you put into words your thoughts on the life and legacy of Grant Wall yeah it was just we uh, kind of made a joke about it because we ended up sitting next to each other for every game of the group stage that I was there covering it. and it turns out we're freelance journalists and they just happened to package us together with this guy Leander Shalakins so we had a, a, a number of good chats and you know the shock was for me was really based on the fact that he was fine. When I left the group stage, he, he remained there and was going to cover the world cup through the final. So uh, yeah, surreal. Um, yeah, someone who I've uh, I've known for a while. I've read longer than uh, you know, he didn't know me when I still was uh, reading him. And uh, one of the guys who uh, started writing in a, in a very, um, articulate uh in a in a very storytelling way that uh I, the, one of the reasons i subscribe to sports illustrated because i i love the way those writers present the details of a game or a story and and he was one of them and he's writing about soccer so uh i think his legacy is uh multifaceted uh but the fact that uh he was one of the early guys to to really put it out there on a regular basis in a magazine format i mean I, no one was writing about the game in the format he was and uh so sitting next to him uh, uh in these group games uh, conversations range from we we both felt uh, adamantly that we'd like to see uh, Tim Weah play striker which would enable Gio Reyna or or Brandon, uh, Brendan Aronson to get on the pitch at the start of the game since no one was really uh, establishing themselves as, as the number nine. And so we kind of talked about that. Uh, we talked about some of the things. The first game I sat next to him, he had that rainbow T-shirt on, which was the one where he was detained briefly by security. Um, and, you know, we, we talked about that a little bit. And he did tell me that the, they eventually apologized to him and just let him in. So... Uh, there's a lot to this, but I think more than anything, I mean, he had, uh, you know, I was a friend and a colleague, but uh, there were much people closer to him. And, uh, and, and you see the consistent stories of those who started out, how uh, they reached out to Grant and he helped them. And I, a similar thing happened to me because I, I retired from coaching, started broadcasting and writing. I was writing quite a bit and I asked him to look at a couple of my stories and would you just look at them and please critique the hell out of him. You know, let me know what you think. And he did, you know, and here's a guy that's uh, has, you know, not much time uh, to maybe do something like that. So I, that's, that's the thing. You just see all the different people who have said that Grant has uh, impacted them, influenced them, but also you just really helped them in the early stages of their career. 
Tremendous breakdown from Glenn Crooks, who, as he just said, was spending time with Grant Wall over at the World Cup before he tragically passed away. I like that you said that you were reading him because I feel like he was very much kind of a beacon at the right time, right? The mid-90s, right after the World Cup. He really got stuck in and put U.S. soccer kind of on the map through his his writing, I would say. Yeah, I mean, I, the only thing I read consistently was Soccer America to keep up with the game. And then I know there were writers in certain cities who were starting to uh, put their mark in here. I'm in the New York, New Jersey metropolitan area. Michael Lewis wrote for the, the Daily News. So once a week, we'd see something from him. But it was in, really infrequent. And uh, fortunately, I was a subscriber to Sports Illustrated. And that's uh, I got to start reading uh, Grant Wall. And then I didn't meet him, Dean until around 2015 um, when I started hosting shows at Sirius XMFC, we co-hosted two or three shows together on counterattack. And that's when I asked him to maybe, could you read a couple of my things <laughs> and, and, and let me know what you think. And uh, you know, we've been friendly ever since. Glenn, on behalf of the association and Jeff Van Dusen, we want to thank you for your work over at the World Cup, including some great contributions to the United Soccer Coaches membership. We also want to thank you for sharing your thoughts on Grant Wall on this show dedicated to Grant Wall. With that, your final thoughts on Mr. Grant Wall. I think in some ways a pioneer because of the 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 time he started writing uh, passionately about the game, it was just maybe starting to emerge. We understand the Cosmos and the NASL of the 70s and early 80s, and that there was uh, something special there, but then it just dropped off. And I, I just think, Dean, there was just this period of time where not much was written about it. We, we didn't yet have uh, social media and the internet to get all these different sources of things. We didn't have a consistent level of the game on television that we could grab onto every week. So uh, that storytelling, that way he wrote about the game and the individuals involved in the game, I think that's, uh, that's uh, very impactful. But for me personally, to take it one more step, uh, I've been involved in the women's game as a coach since the early 80s. And he had a profound impact on the women's game. And he was one of those uh, journalists who gave equal coverage, if you will, to both the men and the women. So he, uh, he was always right there uh, for the women's game. And I know they appreciate it. And I appreciate it as somebody who uh, you know, was involved and invested in that uh, for so long, a, a big part of my life. Performance analysis is now recognized as having a crucial role to play in any coaching program. The United Soccer Coaches Performance Analysis Level 1 Special Topics Diploma will provide coaches with real-world examples of how analysis is being used to enhance the individual player development process and maximize team performance. Additionally, successful candidates will achieve Level 1 accreditation as an Applied Performance Analyst from the International Society of Performance Analysis of Sport. Register now by visiting the master course schedule on unitedsoccercoaches.org. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by League Apps. Obviously, a lot of the show has been in memoriam to Grant Wall as we celebrate his amazing life. 
United Soccer Coaches was over in Doha. Several coaches went over with some of the leaders, including Ralph Perez and Chalice Heinemann. Jeff Van Dusen was over there. And so was Lindsey Shartner, who is a high school coach for the boys team for Mendham High School in Mendham, New Jersey. And Lindsey Shartner got some major TV time during the USA-Iran game, sitting in the front row, indelible pictures. It was incredible. And Lindsey joins me now. Welcome, Lindsey. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Dean. Before we get into how much fun it was to go over there with United Soccer Coaches, obviously your phone had to be blowing up. You were on multiple times during that game with that front row seat. That's kind of cool. Just talk about what it meant to, to be on TV that much and with all the emotion involved in that game. Oh boy. Um, well, it really meant a lot to me professionally and personally to just be at the World Cup. Um, I'm not one to be excited about being on TV. Uh, in fact, I was pretty squeamish uh, about it when my phone started blowing up for sure. Um, I think the biggest thing is for me when I returned, you know, it, it sort of provided this sort of unique opportunity for me to have the connection back with my students, my players, my friends, families, uh, colleagues, people I haven't seen in so long. Um, and I think what it showed me is, you know, soccer you know, how much it's growing in this country, um, how many people who were never soccer people uh, growing up or, or, you know, even, you know, in my, my life as a teacher, um, but seeing how many people that game reached was pretty exciting. I think that's the best part of it. That's awesome. I love your energy and passion as well. And that obviously led you to wanting to go with United Soccer Coaches. And as I mentioned, Ralph and Shellis and even Jeff Van Dusen, the CEO, was over there. Talk about your decision to be a part of this group with United Soccer Coaches coaches to attend the World Cup? So I actually won a, um, a competition through Beyond Pulse. Uh, they ended up sponsoring me to go over. Um, they had done a contest uh, where they asked, you know, their reach um, in 300 words, what continuing your coaching education meant to you. So when I got the phone call on November 1st, I think it was 19 days before we left, um, I, I was pretty much shaking um, because uh, for me, yeah, it, for me, I mean, it really truly was a once in a lifetime opportunity and my husband and my school and my bosses, um, you know, and my extended family who helped with our children, um, you know, everyone was like, no, you go. And it was almost immediate within the day I could commit to going. Um, so I, I'm very fortunate to have such an incredible support team that knows how much this meant to me to, to go, you know, and then uh, once being there, I just again, like the, you said, that the people that we got to be around and and you know be in contact with uh, was such an incredible experience. We don't get as you know high school coaches a lot of you know these types of opportunities because of budgets, because of you know time. Um, so it was truly, I mean, we're the only words are really opportunity of a lifetime. Well, let me just say, if you write anywhere near the way you speak and communicate, I can see why they picked you because you are extremely articulate and I'm moved right now just talking to you. So when you were writing it, did you feel pretty good about your chances? You know, actually, no, <laughs> I felt I, 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 you know, generally I love soccer. And so I probably was, you know, saw that come up and I said, well, I could grade some more essays or I could, you know, take a chance to just reflect on things that are important to me <laughs> and not that I'm not with my students, but um, I just, I have such a passion for, for soccer and for coaching and coaching education. And, and I love to learn. Um, so it, it's easy to, to write. And, you know, I think the biggest thing that I wrote about in that, that essay contest was this idea of, being a female coach, you know, and surrounded by, you know, men all the time, um, I, 
I think it's so important for me to be the best that I possibly can be, because if I'm not, you know, it limits opportunities for other female coaches, you know, especially on the boys side of the game, um, you know, and so I think that's, that's what I really was passionate about in writing uh, my entry for them. So I'm hoping that that's why, you know, one of the reasons I was considered for it. You also had to be Lindsay travel ready. So that means you had your passports and your, all your vaccinations and everything clearly, right? With that quick a turnaround. Yes. My husband and I, um, for our 10 year anniversary, we actually had always said we were going to go to Europe and it conveniently timed with the women's world cup in France. So we ended up picking France and I got to see a, a women's world cup game too. So, uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm quite the role right now. I got to figure out how to get to Australia. <laughs> Yeah, you absolutely do. That is quite the role. And, you know, your story as well, you know, you got the TV time and that was blown up and, and then Lee Gerald, who we love at United Soccer Coaches said, we got to get Lindsay on. And I'm like, I agree. It's incredible that all that exposure she got and the fact that you, you know, got to hang out with the United Soccer Coaches group. But then, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, I had Julianne Sitch on, who became the first woman to win a national championship for a men's college team. And you're coaching this men's high school team. Uh, you know, I got to believe you've heard about Julianne Sitch and what she did. And, and what does that mean to you, knowing what you just said a moment ago about being a woman coaching the boys right now, which is awesome, Lindsay. So I was so excited to see the success she had because we had actually exchanged emails um, at the start of the fall. Um, one of my players was looking at the University of Chicago um, and I had reached out to her just to say, hey, here's some information about him. I know you had spoken with him and met with him. She was great. Her response, you know, came back. And then at the bottom, she said, you know, just said something like, P.S., like, I love, you know, that you're also coaching boys. And so it was just like that nice little connection. So for me, seeing the success that she had this season, um, I, I truly got chills when I watched those video clips of her and her players and the connection that she has, um, you know, and, and again, it, it, it's so nice to see, like, the players at the end of the day, they just want a, a coach, you know, like, and that's what's exciting about it. Like we did with Julianne, and you've given us some, you know, cliff notes already on the fact that um, you're a teacher, you're married, and you have kids, you said as well? I do. I have an 11-year-old and a 7-year-old. Wow, that's awesome. Boy, girl, what do you have? I have uh, my son, Jack, is 11, and my daughter, Emily, is 7. Both soccer players, both want to be goalies. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So let's get to know you even better than since we've now seen you on TV so many times during that game. And, uh, you know, your phone will continue to blow up, I think, uh, you know, for a long, long time. And then we'll add to it with this podcast. But, you know, tell me about uh, where you grew up, where you went to college and how you got into coaching. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I grew up in Morristown, New Jersey, about 15, 20 minutes from where I teach now. Um, you know, and I played soccer, you know, starting five years old, probably. Um, I ended up playing for uh, PDA. Um, and, uh, you know, we were, you know, a, a top ranked team um, when I was there. Um, teammates with Heather O'Reilly um, in a yeah, just a really good group of girls, a great group of players. Um, unfortunately for me, I ended up breaking my back in high school. Um, I uh, probably broke it, you know, as early as freshman year and kept playing on it. Um, they kept thinking it was just weak muscles and sending me to physical therapy. But uh, by the time they diagnosed it at the end of senior year, um, I needed some pretty extensive surgery. So I was supposed to play college. I was recruited, you know, to division one schools. Um, but uh, at that point, my career was, was pretty much over. Um, and um, I had actually, when I was 13, I went and got my F license uh, back when they had the F license um, because my little cousin needed a coach for her team. So I went and coached her team. And then uh, when I broke my back that spring, I was, you know, sort of lost for identity a little bit. And um, I had a parent of a 
family friend reach out saying, Hey, I have a, you know, fourth grade girls travel team that, you know, I'd love some help. I'm just a dad, you know, trying to, you know, make my way through this. And, um, that really was my, my real big intro into coaching. So I started coaching this travel team as a way to fill that void. Um, and throughout college, I would come home and, and continue to coach that, that group of uh, players. And I think that's what really inspired me to go into teaching as well. Um, I just found that I really loved working with kids. I loved being outside at three o'clock and on the field. And, um, you know, I, continued uh, when I started teaching, obviously started coaching high school. Um, I coached, um, you know, club. I've been a volunteer coach uh, at a division school in New Jersey, Felician College. Um, so I've had, you know, experience throughout and just continue to try to, you know, keep myself in the game as much as possible. Clearly along the way, you were made aware of United Soccer Coaches, thus the tie-in. You, you know, very eloquently pointed out that you did it through Beyond Pulse. But before that, had you been pretty familiar with United Soccer Coaches? Yes, I've been in the member, a member of the United Soccer Coaches. Um, I've actually looked at, um, you know, uh, attending one of their uh, diploma courses. Uh, my actually, my colleague who is the um, girls head coach uh, at our school, he's in the process of getting um, his diploma right now through you all. Um, and I, it's been a really great experience because he'll come and talk to me and we'll exchange some ideas. So um, it's definitely something that, you know, I, I really love and I'm excited, you know, I'm hoping to be able to uh, attend the convention for the first time this year. Um, but what I love, I think, about United Soccer Coaches, um, and, you know, Jeff had said this, you know, that they really like this idea of experiential learning, um, you know, and learning through the experiences of being around other coaches and just, you know, being able to have discussions. And I think this experience really spoke to that a lot, sitting with Shellis and just seeing how he you know, made an impact on his former players or Ralph's, you know, intelligence, you know, in, in breaking down, you know, the, just a small detail in the game that had a big impact. Um, and even just the other coaches that I was there with, uh, Glenn Crooks, J.R. Balzarini, um, you know, one night after the games, we sat down, it was probably like 1230 at night, one o'clock in the morning there. Um, and we just sat down and we're like laying out tactical sessions and that kind of experience, you don't just get, you know, in the day to day. So I don't know, I, I love that United Soccer Coaches bring you together for those types of experiences. Well, Philadelphia is not that far from New Jersey. And now that you're a big time celebrity, I feel like you almost have to go. You might even have to have a posse with you, Lindsay, you know, just to just to make sure. I mean, it, I know that, um, you know, you were very forthcoming on not seeking the limelight and that type of thing. But you, you got to be enjoying it a little bit. Right. It's pretty cool to to be focused that much on TV on such a big game. Oh boy. I don't know. I think if you saw my face right now, you'd see I'm bright red. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we may have to uh, make sure when you're walking around with your name tag, it says, hey, I was on TV with the USA-Iran game as well. You know, listen, we'll end with, you know, we've had a couple people saluting the incredible life of Grant Wall, lost tragically over there. I didn't know if you ran across him or not, but um, anything you want to add on to this special show that we have dedicated to Grant? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I didn't, uh, you know, run into him at all at the World Cup. I know that my colleague Glenn did um, sat next to him. And, uh, you know, it just from all the messages that you see out there, especially from some of the female athletes, um, you know, what he meant to telling their story um, and advancing the game here, you know, especially for, you know, the women's side, I think really needs to be, you know, um, noted and, and, you know, thanked, you know, for, for that, because it really made a difference and an impact. I appreciate that. And obviously a tough time for all of us because that's way too young. But Lindsay, thank you so much for going over, for writing the essay, for being a part of it. And I guess, you know, let's end with that. I mean, if you could sum up so, you know, people are out there, there's going to be other opportunities where United Soccer Coaches, in fact, they're even talking about doing it for the Women's World 
Cup as well. Can you just uh, give a recommendation to all the members about maybe joining in to do the Women's World Cup uh, with United Soccer Coaches? Absolutely. I, I mean, I I would do it again in a heartbeat. Um, it, it's an opportunity of a lifetime. You're meeting some of the most brilliant, you know, minds in the game out there. Um, and again, have an opportunity to just put everything aside and focus on a game that I'm assuming if you're going, you absolutely love as much as those of us that were on this trip did. So um, it's definitely a worthwhile experience. Big time celebrity now, <laughs> TV time. Lindsay Shartner, thank you so much for being on the United Soccer Coaches podcast. Thank you so much again for having me, Dean. I appreciate it. When we return, we wrap up the show meeting another new member of the 30 under 30 class, Bruno Ramos with Atlanta United after this message. United Soccer Coaches Advanced Diplomas have long been regarded as an excellent way to expand your coaching knowledge, advance your career, and improve your player's development. Now, with our blended format that incorporates online and in-person learning, coaches with ever-demanding schedules can earn their diploma in the most time-friendly way possible. Visit unitedsoccercoaches.org slash advanced-diplomas for more information. Does it feel like all you're doing to manage your team, club, or league is busy work? If so, League Apps can help you get back to doing what you love, delivering a powerful yet simple youth sports management platform. From robust registration and payment tools to automated communications and other software integrations, League Apps saves you time and headaches. Less busy work, more time doing what you love. Go to leagueapps.com to learn more. League Apps is proud to be the presenting sponsor of the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by League Apps. My favorite part of the show is we get to know a new member of the new class of the United Soccer Coaches 30 Under 30 program. Such an exciting program. And we continue to see amazing coaches come through this. No different today as we're joined by Bruno Ramos, who is the academy head coach for the Atlanta United Youth Academy, which is awesome. As everybody knows, Atlanta United is legit. So is Bruno Ramos, who joins me now. Bruno, welcome to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. Hey, Dean. Appreciate you having me. All right. Well, let's get to know you a little bit. But before we do, tell me about when you learned about the 30 under 30 program. Have you applied more than once? And what are you most excited about now being a member of the 30 under 30 program? I learned about it a couple of years ago, back when I was living in Richmond, Virginia. I had a colleague of mine that I worked with who was enrolled in the program at the time. So through that is when I kind of started doing some research as to what the program was all about. I was a younger coach, so thought it might be a a good fit for me to kind of be around some mentors and around some other coaches um, and kind of learn from them. So that was the first time that I applied maybe about four years ago and didn't get accepted that time, but, you know, kept learning, kept developing, tried it again this year. So this was my second time. I'm very excited to have been approved. What I really want to get out of it is, you know, basically just what I said earlier is just continuing to learn pursuing knowledge and, and trying to learn the game from others, basically just trying to be the best that I can be for my players, ultimately. Great answer. Before we get to know Bruno Ramos just a little bit better, I want to fill in a couple blanks based on your answer right there. We like to drop names on this show. Who was the young man that had already been in the 30 Under 30 program that made you aware? What was his name? Yeah, his name was Gabriel Colon. So I was working for the Richmond Strikers, which is one of the two bigger clubs in Richmond. He was working for Richmond United, which is a uh, 
the ECNL merge basically. So the Richmond Strikers and Richmond Kickers merge at the ECNL level. It was the, the DA actually back in the time. Um, so he was one of the guys that had moved into Richmond and I heard about it through him. And then actually, when I actually got approved a couple of weeks ago back, um, so my academy director currently, his name is Dean Atkins, um, who was also enrolled in the program a couple of years ago. Can't remember the exact year, but uh, he had informed me that he had also participated in it. You did well dropping a couple of names in there. I do appreciate it. And then when you learned that you were in this time around, who were the first people that you called, Bruno? I was really excited. So I called my wife first. Um, she was one of the ones that, you know, knew that I was trying to get into this. Um, I called her, obviously let mom and dad know. Um, and then I, I let Dean Atkins know because, you know, I, I'd have to be missing some training dates to go to the convention. So I had to let him know that I'd, I would need some coverage for that week. We're going to, again, learn your whole journey. But since you mentioned Richmond Strikers, I'm a massive fan of Jay Howell and Chris Fryant. Jay Howell, my son, actually went to grade school with his son back when he lived in Chapel Hill. And I've got to know Chris Fryant really well over the years. It's a great club, the Richmond Strikers. How long were you there? That's amazing. Yeah, so, man, I've I've been involved with the Strikers for, I would say, almost 15 years both playing and coaching. Um, so I, I went to high school in Virginia. Um, and during that time, I started playing for the Strikers at U14, 15. Um, so after I finished playing, um, I started doing, you know, coaching part-time, started off with the younger ones, the U8s. Eventually found myself in a full-time role. Um, and, you know, I was seeing Jay Howell and Chris Fryan and those guys every single day. So, you know, they became, you know, my coaches, guys that I would only see, you know, like on the field as receiving advice from to, you know, having discussions about players and the business and the club and all that. So, yeah, the Richmond Strikers is definitely a big part of my development as a player and as a coach. All right. I love it. So let's get the rest of it. So high school in Virginia, played with the Strikers, started coaching with the Strikers. What else have we missed on your journey to Atlanta United? Yeah, I guess even before then, um, I guess we can start, you know, with my roots. So I'm originally from Brazil, so born um, in Brazil, Rio de Janeiro. Um, I moved to the States in 1998 when I was uh, only four years old. So basically at home, culturally, I was raised as a Brazilian, but everywhere else, you know, through school, educated as an American, I would consider English my first language because I, you know, I was, I learned the English language in school and Portuguese, I only picked up at home. So grammatically, some things are, you know, said incorrectly. Being Brazilian, obviously, soccer is um, a huge part of my culture. Um, so that's kind of like where I get the passion from. Began playing soccer at a young age. I think I, I began playing organized soccer at the age of eight. Kind of just, you know, stick through it because I, I, I enjoy the game. So I guess skipping forward now to high school in Richmond, Virginia, Playing for the Richmond Strikers after that, I decided to um, take a shot and, you know, go after my dreams, which is, was to become a professional soccer player. So opted to bypass the college route um, and pursue my dreams of becoming a professional. So bounced around a bit because it's, you know, it's, it's definitely not an easy journey, right? So played NPSL, MASL, some indoor, eventually got to a point where, you know, it wasn't really working out because it's only as glamorous um, in the, you know, first divisions, really, right? I still wanted to be around the game. So that's when I kind of decided to just step away from it. 
um, as a player and get into it, you know, in a full-time role as a coach. So I could still give back to the game and hopefully, you know, impact the next generation of players and help one of them make it into the top levels because I wasn't. So that's where I'm at now. Um, and then I guess Atlanta United. So it's funny because there's a, there's quite of a, a Richmond connection down here. So I'm actually the third Richmonder now um, in the youth academy. So our academy director, his name is Matt Lowry, who is also a Richmond Strikers guy. Um, so he was the U12 director back in Richmond, I don't know, many, many years ago, almost a decade ago, I would say. Um, so he had a great opportunity, I want to say, through Jay Howell to come down here to work for Atlanta United, um, you know, when the club was founded. Um, and he's kind of worked his way up through the ranks and he's the academy director now. Um, and, you know, there was a U-12 opening um, about a year ago, exactly. I'm sitting in the office at the Richmond Strikers and, you know, my, my phone, I see my phone ringing and the name Matt Lowry is on it. Um, and I picked up the call and, you know, here I am. So how many years now have you been in Atlanta then? January 3rd of 2021 was my first day in office. So almost uh, to an exact year now. Fantastic. And I love that you're Brazilian. And uh, if I have the math right, you were born the year that Brazil won the World Cup held in the United States. And I know that because my wife grew up in Sao Paulo, Brazil, and speaks fluent Portuguese. She was actually born in Spain, but grew up in Brazil, stayed there till she was 16 and still speaks fluent Portuguese. She's brought both our boys back to Brazil. And I've been to Brazil several times with the U.S. national team. So I always have time for a Brazilian any day, of course, because uh, I feel like I, I married a Brazilian, right? So That's well amazing. done you. Do you get back to Brazil at all? I haven't been back in a while. I was supposed to go back in uh, 2020 because my brother-in-law was going to get married. He was, my brother-in-law is American, but he got married to a Brazilian as well. Um, and they were going to have their wedding in Brazil, but because of the pandemic, um, Brazil wasn't looking too great at the time. So I had to cancel that. But I haven't been back in a while, but I'm, I'm hopefully looking to go, hopefully within this next year. Now, how about conventions? Have you been to a convention before? Because I know they usually require the 30 under 30 members to be at the convention. Have you been or will this be your first one? This will be my second one. So I went, I want to say two, three years ago when it was in Baltimore. I went with the Richmond Strikers and that was my first one. Yeah, and they usually do a pretty good job. They even have a booth, right, because of the Jefferson Cup and everything. So I feel like the Richmond Strikers always get really stuck in at the convention. So that's awesome that you were there. The other thing I like to ask about, and you've already touched on some names, but you know who have been some big mentors in your life, Bruno? Mainly all at the Richmond Strikers. A um, guy named Erwan Lacrom, who is a, a French guy um, who's been at the Strikers for many, many years as well still currently there every now and then you know i still connect with him talk about soccer talk about life jay howell i would say is definitely a mentor just the way that he thinks is next level he's more like on the business side now but you know every time that man has something to say you know you're all ears because you know you can definitely pick up one thing and it's going to be applied at some point in your life and now currently in my environment um definitely matt lowry academy director here at atlanta united in terms of coaching, on-field coaching, he is one of the best that I have ever seen. Um, just the way that he delivers his message to his players, the way that he's able to kind of capture his players' attention and engage them and, and help them 
learn and become better soccer players, it's it's amazing. Every single time he runs a session, I make sure to be on field because definitely be able to pick something up. As you look back at your playing days, and I appreciate you being transparent about your journey, going for the opportunity to be a pro. And trust me, I realize it's not as glamorous as as people think. I definitely know that. You know, I now call games for a USL League One team, and I admire all of those players for grinding and continuing to try to achieve their goals. So I respect the way you said that. But when you think about your playing career, what one moment in your playing career stands out as something special, whether it was youth, high school, or in your pro journey? I'd probably say my pro debut. Um, so I, we were playing in Pennsylvania. So I was playing for the Harrisburg Heat, um, which is um, you know kind of the same area that Christian Pulisic is from. His dad actually played for the club. So there's a, a, quite a bit of history there for the U.S. men's national team. So sure. my pro debut, um, I was a rookie. as my first time playing. I wasn't supposed to get any minutes that game, but the guy that was playing in my position got hurt throughout the game. So I stepped in. Fortunate enough to have scored two goals on my debut, picked up man of the match honors, um, had my family in the stands and my wife in the stands. It was, uh, it was amazing. Great. And tell us how you met your wife. Yeah. So again, connected to soccer. Um, so she also played for the Richmond Strikers growing up. Um, and this goes back to when I was, man, 14, 15. Uh, my team was, uh, we were warming up and her team was cooling down. So I was doing a, a lap around the field and I just happened to see this, uh, this girl, you know, <laughs> cooling down with her team. And I was like, Hey, who's that? And somebody had mentioned her name. So later that night, <laughs> I found myself on Facebook sending her a friend request, and then we started talking. Um, it ultimately didn't lead to anything. However, 10 years later, after she's done with college, I'm done with school, playing, and all that, uh, we reconnect at the local indoor facility in Richmond. And I happened, same thing. Again, I was finishing my game. She was mm -hmm. about to jump on the field with her team. And I just look across the field and I was like, hey, I know that girl. <laughs> um, so then same thing later that night, I shot her message. I was like, hey, look, our team needs a girl. We really didn't, but I wanted her to play anyways. <laughs> um, so got her on the team and then the rest is history. <laughs> All right, man. What a great story, Bruno. I love that. I got chills on that one. Thanks for uh, sharing that story. Absolutely. So how long have you guys been married now, Bruno? We've been married for three years now. All right. Congratulations. Yeah, I appreciate you know, that. It's interesting, too. You mentioned the non-glamorous life of pro soccer. I got to admit, though, when I hear the name Atlanta United, when I see the name Atlanta United, I got to admit, I do think glamour because the fan base is amazing. Of course, they've won the MLS Cup. And, uh, you know, I feel like it's a great place to be. Can you echo that sentiment about Atlanta United working in the academy? It seems like a pretty cool job. Yeah, it's it's absolutely amazing. Um, you know, just the amount of resources that we have access to here, both the coaching staff and the players, um, you know, it's, it's world-class. I think in terms of um, nationally, it's definitely one of the best internationally as well um, around the world. We're, we're definitely competing with some of the best clubs in terms of, you know, what we have to offer for our players, our fans and our first team, you know, obviously amazing as well. Um, the fans show out every single game. I think we lead the league and, you know, average attendance. I'm definitely excited now going forward for um, some, some different changes, just a different look because our former president, Darren Eels, went over to Newcastle United. Um, so he went after a new challenge. So we just brought in a new president and CEO 
um, Garth Lagerway, who comes from Seattle Sounders. Um, so there's going to be some some good, new, interesting changes uh, coming up, and I'm looking forward to it. All right, so well said. Just two more questions for you, as I appreciate all your answers and getting to know you, Bruno. You've got a bright future because I can tell you right now, when you speak, people will want to listen. I know I do, So, and I feel like everybody on this podcast will want to listen as well. You may have heard some previous interviews with the members of the 30 under 30 class. I always ask the crystal ball question, and I try to ask the 30 under 30 members where they think they want to be in 10 years. Have you thought about that, where you want to be in 10 years? Do you want to be in the program, the college game? Where do you want to be, Bruno Ramos? Yeah, I've given that some thought, and I think my answer tends to always be in the youth game. Um, and I think a reason for that is just because I, I consider myself a teacher. I like teaching the game. I like teaching good habits, good behaviors. And I, I basically just, I like to teach players to have and develop a passion for the game. And, you know, it's funny. So we, I just got back from Austin, Texas yesterday. I was with the tournament with my uh, U12s in Austin, Texas. Great, great event that Austin FC hosted. Um, and, you know, this was the first trip for some of these boys um, away from mom and dad, because we, you know, we we take them on the flight ourselves. We, you know, put them in the vans and the hotels, and everything is away from mom and dad. And throughout the entire time, it's you know, you're teaching these boys how to behave while wearing the badge in the hotel and the airport, um, and just little little details like that. I I enjoy the teaching side of it on and off the field. So that's why I would probably say that I would most likely be working in the youth game as opposed to the older the orders or the pro game. Yeah. What a great answer for all the right reasons. I appreciate that. We'll end with this. I often like to ask this as well. And that is, you know, the name of our organization is called United Soccer Coaches. You're now part of this esteemed 30 under 30 program. When you hear those three words, United Soccer Coaches, what does the organization mean to you? And it just means just camaraderie and collaboration. The world's number one sport is soccer, right? And everybody enjoys everybody, you know, shares passion for it. With that being said, I think everyone has different ways of looking at the game, right? And then I think what United Soccer Coaches offers is, you know, the ability for um, all different kinds of people to kind of just connect and collaborate and share their different points of view and share their different backgrounds. And ultimately, we can learn something from each other, right? I went to the convention the first time in Baltimore and I went to different field sessions, different classroom sessions and people from around the world, people from around the country are talking about the game, talking about what they, how they see the game, their different points of view on the game. And it's so interesting, right? Because I see the game one way, others see it a different way. Um, so it's pretty cool that we can all unite, right? And um, just kind of just learn from each other. And I think it's a great uh, event that United Soccer Coaches hosts. And, you know, everything else that United Soccer Coaches offer offers, I think it's uh, incredible for all coaches and all people that enjoy the game. Another wonderful answer. You're a cool cat, Bruno. I want to hang out with you. I hope to see you at the convention in Philadelphia. Please pop by on Podcast Row and say hello. And I'll be co-hosting the banquet on Friday where I think we'll meet a lot of the 30 under 30 members as well. Bruno Ramos, if people want to follow you on social media, uh, can you give out your handles? Yeah, absolutely. So I uh, use Instagram. My Instagram handle is Bruno, B-R-U-N-O underscore Mars, M-A-R-Z. And uh, yeah, I post a lot of uh, a lot of my coaching stuff on there. So they can definitely follow me on there. 
That's awesome. I love your handle. That's great. And Bruno Ramos, congrats on your success. A worthy member, of course, of the 30 under 30 class, a academy head coach with the Atlanta United Youth Academy. Really awesome. Love your ties to Richmond. Love your ties to Brazil. Love your whole story, your wife, everything. Really cool. Bruno, thanks for being on this week's United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by League Apps. Dean, I appreciate your time. Appreciate you having me. Looking forward to connecting with you at the convention. Thank you, Bruno, and thank all of our guests. And once again, we send our deepest sympathies to the family of Grant Wall. He will be remembered forever by the association. I also want to thank Bailey Conklin and Brandon Milburn with United Soccer Coaches, as well as our producer, Colin Thrash. For each and every one of them and all of you, I'm Dean Linke. We'll see you next week for another edition of the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by League Apps. Thanks for listening to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by League Apps. League Apps is the leading youth sports management platform, providing organizations with the technology and professional development they need to run, grow, and win. To learn more about League Apps, find them at leagueapps.com or as League Apps on all of the social networks. And to learn more about United Soccer Coaches, visit us at unitedsoccercoaches.org.